0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts. Download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.
1: Hello and welcome to the first edition of 2020 of the Common New Spurs Podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's another full house this evening, and that means I've gone with three in attack. Leading the line is Carl, and Carl, I hope you had a great festive period.
0: Yeah, really good one, Dan, apart from football, to be honest, because it, it wasn't great for us on that front, was it? But other than that, all good, buddy.
1: Yes, I should have sort of added that as a caveat, really. Yes, I hope your life's fine. Football, that's a different matter, but we'll get to that in a minute. James, I hope uh, 2020 and the start of it, I know it's only a few days in, that's been good for you?
2: Yeah, not, not a bad start to the year, mate, as Carl said. Football could be a little bit better, but uh, everything else is great. Great to be back on the pod and hopefully I've got a good year ahead of us.
1: And I'm also handing out another debut cap this evening. It's one that goes in the direction of Holly Agambar. And Holly, it's a pleasure to have you on board this evening. I hope all is well.
3: Yeah, all well, is good. I'm really excited to uh, be on this podcast and yeah.
1: Well, yes, like I say, it's a pleasure to have you on board. We're going to chat all things Tottenham. Before we do, let's get the social media bits out of the way first so we can dissect Sunday and just about everything else in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Cover New Spurs app, where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COIS underscore COM. We're also on all the major audio platforms that's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc, etc. So if we're not on any that you don't want to be on or you want to be on, shall I say, let us know. We'll get that sorted for you. So before we do that, let's get down to business. And that business is the fact that once again, Carl, Harry Kane has picked up another substantial injury. And after the Christmas we've had, that's really the last thing we need, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? You know, seeing him go limping off and pulling up after... Putting the ball in the net at Southampton, you kind of you have that dread of fear don't you, that we have every season when you see see him kind of pulling up and think, "Oh no, here we go this is this is not what we need, um, and as usual, obviously, when Harry picks one up it 's not a kind of short injury, is it This one looks like it could be reasonably long term um, and obviously leaves us in a bit of a sticky situation up front doesn 't it because you' either now got to try and start playing son or Moore up top or or you look to start giving someone like Troy Parrott a run in the team. Um, but it doesn't look like Jose is, is keen to put him in too soon. Um, so, yeah, bad news. Um, the only thing you could think is that we've got January to come, but you don't even really feel confident that we'll go out and pull another striker in to kind of cover that position. And this is always the fear we have when you just have one kind of natural striker in your squad, isn't it? So, bad news, not a great start for us over that Christmas period. Um, and one that we could do about, but one we know is normally coming every season, isn't it?
1: And James, in the past, it's always been a case of the supporting cast stepping up. And to be fair, they have done you know more than their fair share. You know, you look at of like, Sun last season, his heroic sort of carrying of the attack line on his own. So there's always that sort of yes, they can dig us out of a hole. However, is there a slight concern that we're asking them to do it once too many? Really, like can we ask them to do it all over again?
2: Yeah, it's it's getting a bit samey, you know. We're asking players like Son to 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 have their purple patch uh, at exactly the right time in the season, and you know, he, yeah, he did it before. He carried the team, like you say, but it's a big ask, you know, especially the way that we're setting the team up, the way that we're playing at the moment. Um, it's it's a lot to it's, it's a lot to carry on on one player's shoulders. Um, we can't just expect to give the ball to Son and and expect him to score a goal like he did, uh, like he did the other day. You know, it's it's. it's 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 too much of a big ask, um you know Carl says there that the January tractor window is open. Why not go out and get another striker There's um, plenty out there With this age old no one wants to play second fieldary kane is rubbish you know other teams managed to go out and, and and get second team strikers there are uh, just as good you know providing a little bit of competition. Man City have managed to have. Jesus and Aguero in their team. You know, Every other team in the league has got a, a decent backup striker. I don't know why we haven't got one and why they, why one wouldn't want to come into Tottenham. So hopefully in January we can get that sorted. But uh, as for now, let's hope that, that just as in years gone by, players like Son will step up to the plate and, and start providing the goals in, in Harry's absence.
1: Well, Holly, when you look at Kane, and I guess you'd now have to consider a lengthy injury history, you know, they are starting to stack up over these last sort of few years, from a sort of long-term point of view, does that ward off potential suitors the likes of Real Madrid Barcelona? Or, if it doesn't, does it at least sort of shave off, let's say, a couple of tens of million of what would be his big price tag? So, you know, if you're looking at it from a, a transfer point of view, I'm not sort of saying that we sell Harry Kane or advocate that, you know, he will leave. But if you're looking at it from a sort of buying point of view, do you not think, actually, maybe he has to come with a bit of caution?
3: I mean, yes and no. I think in recent times, like we said, it's becoming a recurring factor that he's getting injured. But I don't think that really devalues him too much because, you know, nine times out of ten, not in recent times, but nine times out of ten, he's going to go on that pitch and he's going to get us out of trouble. So, for me, I don't think that devalues his price. I don't think we'll sell him either. And if we do, it'll be because he'll want to leave. And I think he'll only want to leave if it's getting to the stage in his career where he hasn't won anything. And I think that's another big factor because I think Harry Kane's one of these people that wants to go on and beat all the records that are at Tottenham. Because for me, I think he's a Tottenham player. But when he looks back at his career and sees that that's all he's won, I think that's when it's going to be like, no, I need to move on here. I need to go on and play somewhere else. But at the moment, I don't think it really devalues his price. Nor do I think there's going to be a kind of stage in the near future where he's going to go. So for me...
1: No, I don't think so. Okay, so that's the first of many questions I'll have tonight. But it's now time for some listeners' ones. So thanks to anyone who's been kind enough to send them over. And um, don't forget to send them in next week either. You know, not just this week. We're on every week. First up, at Hasbro92, our good old friend, he comes out with a rather blunt question, Cole. When are we going to sign someone? And I'll expand on that slightly. With the injury to Harry Kane, we've just sort of touched on getting in a forward. Can you actually see that happening this month?
0: No. I, I mean, if, if we're honest, I think, you know, I, I'm of this sceptical side of things here where I, I'm not even too sure we'll bring anyone in, if I'm honest. I, I think they'll use this January to try and offload certain players. You know, they might try to get rid of the likes of um, Wanyama, um, you know, and, and fringe players like that. Do I see us spending money? I'm not so sure. You know, we've kind of never really been, you know, the most proactive of we in this window. We should be because right now, you know, there's a perfect opportunity to try and go and get some new faces in that could possibly pick the season up and help, you know, help try and finish on a high, you know, push for that top four because I do think, you know, missing out on that could be a massive blow to us. But unfortunately, knowing the way the clubs run, the way that they do transfer business, um, the, the signals being sent out and not confident that they'll go and splash only 100 million and think, right, let's get a Kane replacement in while he's out. Let's go and get this sort of player, a centre-half, a right-back. I I don't think it's going to happen. I I do believe we could end up finishing the transfer window having not brought anyone in.
1: And James, there seems to be an awful amount of clamour for Troy Parrott to play at the moment. So is that more out of desperation than anything else? I mean, there's no doubting that he's talented and he's going to have a very sort of bright future ahead of him. We'd like to think so anyway, but... You know, when you look at the fact that as a club, we're the only traditional big six team with one striker amongst their ranks. So, I mean, is it literally we're looking down the list and thinking, well, we we'll get to Parrot because we've got no one else. And surely then you're thinking, well, now he has to play.
2: Uh, I think it's too soon for, for Parrot. I think the people calling for Parrot to be in the first team, it's a little bit FIFA career mode. You know, you throw your, throw your young prospect in there. Uh, and hope that he, he, he comes out with something special. But, you know, this this is real life. He's only he's only a young kid. Um, you, you can't expect to throw him in in, in Premier League-level games and expect him to, to, to come up with the goods. Um, he needs in, in into the game, um, you know, 10-minute cameos here and there, uh, and and then, you know, maybe start a few cup games, which is why I would have liked to see him start in games like the Bayern Munich game, or, you know, we saw him at Colchester. Uh, we all know how that ended, but... You know, it's got to be someone like Son or Delhi, or you know, or even a combination of of the two. You know, we haven't got to go with an out and out striker. Why not play with a false nine and and let Son drop in there and let and let Ali drop in there and 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 let Lucas drop in there and you know let the three of them kind of work it out amongst themselves, interchange. Um, you know, we we've never played you we've know, we've never played with with set positions much before. You know, we we always play with. With players who are allowed to play, you know they make their own rules on on whereabouts on the pitch they play. You know when Kane and Delhi play together, they play off each other so well because they're not fixed in the nine and ten positions. They're they're allowed to play off each other. And you know we've got clever players. Why not let you know? Why not let Delhi and Sonny work it out between themselves? Who's going to play that that central role? And uh, you know, I, I, for me, it's way too soon for Parrot. It's uh, it's got to be one of the two of them.
1: I guess Holly, it's a case of you never really know until you find out and take that chance. So, if you were given the reins on Sunday against Middlesbrough, would you have started Troy Parrott?
3: Uh probably not. Like I, like everybody said it, I think it's it's too soon. Maybe would have chucked him in there just to freshen things up a bit, give them something else to think about. But personally, I wouldn't have started him. I think it's a bit too soon, especially when we all want a trophy this season. I think. If we got a goal in their early doors rather than going behind, then I would have liked to have seen him come on just to, you know, give him something to think about, like I've said. But no, I wouldn't have cited him.
1: OK, talking of Middlesbrough, let's focus on the game in a bit more detail. So, Carl, the good news is that we're still in the Cup. The bad news is we've got to watch them do this all over again next week. So, overall, you'd have to say that was quite an uninspiring performance on side.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of been the theme, isn't it, lately? You know, there's a lot of huff and puff, but not much creativity, not much, you know, quality going forward. And everything just looks difficult, doesn't it? You know, we we seem to make everything look hard work. You know, simple passes don't go where they should do. Um, You know, we don't track men when we should be tracking them. Uh, And it is just a hard watch at the moment because no one's really playing that well. You know, no one's standing out. Um, you know, we make sloppy mistakes and, you know, we don't look dangerous. And and this weekend's game was just another example of that really, wasn't it? You know, playing in Middlesbrough side that, yes, they've picked up their form recently. But to be honest, we shouldn't be struggling against that sort of side. You know, we should be able to beat them comfortably. And yet you never really felt that was going to happen at all. You know, it was always one of them where you're sitting there thinking, oh, this is tight. You know, we're not commanding the game. Um, and then, obviously, when we went the goal behind, you kind of are fearing and thinking, "Oh, please, this could be one of these cup cup upsets coming, um, and we're going to be the laughing stock yet again." But thankfully, you know, we managed to get ourselves out of that and get a replay, um, and hopefully, we, we'll have to have enough to get past them um, at our place. But. Yeah, it's not inspiring at the moment and it's certainly not fooling you with much confidence that we can brush anyone aside um, at all. So, yeah, another grim day at the office, to be honest.
1: And James, in the first 45 minutes, I think it's fair to say there was only real sort of one flashpoint. That was the Gazaniga double save and Alderweireld then having to hook it off the line after that. So really, sort of Middlesbrough pinballing it in the box. That kept the scores at nil-nil. For a moment, you'd have every right to expect the worst, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good bit of goalkeeping from Gazzaniga. Um, You know, come in for a little bit of criticism since the uh, since the Chelsea incident. Um, so certainly one uh, for for his confidence. Um, but you know, for for us, to have had so much possession in that first half, like seventy odd percent, I think it was. And and for Middlesbrough, still the best chances of the game. Um, yeah, you know, it's really disappointing to see. we did have so much of the ball, but we just we just didn't move the ball fast enough to use it uh, to do anything with it. You know, it's. If we move that ball a little bit faster, then you hit them when they're disorganised. But because we were so slow at moving the ball, uh, it meant that they could get so many men behind the ball. And and it meant that we didn't have any of those clear-cut chances that that Borough found themselves in. Um, So, yeah, disappointing. But uh, a great time from Gazini, a great bit of defending from Toby. And, uh, you know, moments like that is, is what's earned us a draw.
1: And, Holly, usually after, let's say, an indifferent first half, you go into the interval, you know, you're fired up, you think, right, things are going to change, you find another gear. Unfortunately for us, it seemed that the gear was reversed. So what did you make of Minaspera's goal? And more importantly, did you think offside should have been given?
3: Uh, yeah, like, it's a standard thing at the moment. You always think we're going to come out second half and we're going to really step it up. And it was like you say, we went backwards. Um, for me, it was a tight call. I, for me, I, Personally, I think it was onside, because if you look at Dyer's position... He does keep him on slightly. Like it's very thin lines. But if we're going to go VAR technology today, I'd on side. Um, But regardless of whether to alarm the AI, it was just poor defending all round. Like we said, we just give the ball away in silly positions. And in that, like that, that from that goal, gave the ball away high up the pitch too cheaply, and then they were able to pin the ball in. Obviously, does. Already put his hand up he and he's offside already. He switched off by that point and then he's in full on goal. And then credit to Gaza, he does stand up tall, but it's, it's not good enough. And then obviously it's 1-0 to Middlesbrough.
1: Thankfully though, Carl, we did manage to restore, restore parity quite soon. Um, it seems to be a case that you know, we only wake up when we're behind. You know, even that we haven't really shown over Christmas, but we certainly did do it on Sunday. Lucas Moura levelling proceedings. What did you make of his overall game on Sunday?
0: Yeah, you know, I think more is a kind of sign of the sort of way people are all playing at the moment for us, isn't he? You know, the, you know he has little spells where he'll do something really good, um, but then he'll have a, just a run where he just runs into no man's land. Um, and I think he kind of sums us up at the moment, you know, good in tiny little spells, but just not good enough overall. Um, you know, took his a well, you know, can't deny it. That, you know, it was a good cross from Maurier and Maura finishes the header nicely, but no one stood out for me. And Maura is one of those players over recent weeks It's just been as frustrating to watch as all of them, unfortunately.
1: James, there's no doubt that the game was, let's say, bitty. Um, you know, obviously, we're here to sort of talk about Tottenham and we're going to get, I guess, a lot of sort of negative spin on Spurs, but at the same time, do you have to give Middlesbrough credit? I think it's all too easy sort of to, to, to chuck your own team under the bus, but they did give a good account of themselves at the same time, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they certainly defended really well. Um, I thought they were really tidy at the back. Certain players, you know, that Johnny Howson he was really, really calm on the ball. I thought he was really good. And, and Fry at the back, he, he played just like Harry Maguire. I think he's someone that we should definitely have an eye on um, in terms of bringing to Tottenham. Um, yeah, Woodgate obviously set them up in, in a way that he knew that we were going to have a lot of possession. Um, they sat back and and... You know, you looked at times where, where they had so many men behind the ball. They worked hard to get back behind the ball, um, and we just we just didn't have the numbers to to get around them. We couldn't pass the ball around them. We weren't patient enough to to pass the ball around them either. We, we you know we went wide, and then we looked to pump crosses into into you know Son and Lucas, which is just it's it's fruitless. You know, it's not going to work. Um, so you know we just need a little bit more patience in the build up for me. Look at you know we can't say that complain about uh, teams putting men behind the ball against us because it's, it's obviously what they're going to do look at how Barcelona have to play every week Barcelona have to play you know it's, it's an extreme example but Barcelona have to pass the ball around 10 men every week to get the ball in the in the back of the net so you know a little bit of patience a little bit of quality in the build-up and a little bit of movement in the final third Um we should be we should be too good for a team like Middlesbrough but, but yeah credit to them they uh, they defended well and and they took their chances when when they got given them. So they've earned themselves a replay. Hopefully, we'll have them have too much for the uh, in the in the second leg.
1: Holly, it seems as if the love affair with Christian Eriksen is going to end in divorce soon. Whether that's you know this month or the end of the season, for a lot of people now, it's got to the point where they won't necessarily sort of shed a tear if he goes. It's like well, thanks for everything, but you know never you know that's it. I don't care. Fatigue has almost kicked in. What's your take on all things Christian Eriksen? Do you share that opinion or do you have
3: a different one? I mean, I do, really. Um, (sighs) He's driving me nuts currently. Yes, he's been a great seventh for the club. You can't deny that. He's been one of the world-class players we've had for a very long time. But the last eight months, he's really put himself to shame. I think he's squinnying a a little bit, if I can say that. It's like he hasn't got what he's wanted. He hasn't been let go. And now he's just going to be like, well, I'm going to throwing my toys out the pram and not perform. That's that's how I feel anyway. And I know there's a lot of people that think otherwise and think you can't slate a player that's done so well for us, but for me I go on current form. Current form isn't good enough. If he was any other if he had a different name, he wouldn't be on that starting eleven for me, he'd be on the bench. I think there was one incident in the first half of the Middlesbrough game where he took a free kick and it went straight out of play. For me, you've got, if he was in a form like that and he's a free kick specialist, as we know, he's got to be pinging that ball into the box and someone's got to get their head on it. But no, he drills it low, it goes out for a goal kick. And if I'm going to be a bit more lenient on him, I think he is trying to pick out Dyer, but he should know that Dyer is a bit like a, a tree, shall we say. He's not going to be able to run at pace to be able to get on the end of that ball. So yeah, he's been a great servant, but enough's enough.
1: I'll stay with you, Holly. Do you reckon he will go in January?
3: Uh, I don't think so. I We need a replacement, ideally. I don't think he, we'll let him go without someone else coming in. Um, but then it's the question of, well, people are fed up. Like, I'm fed up. Do I really care? Like, that's as bad as it's got, really, as bad as that sounds. But personally, I don't think we will get rid of him. That's just how I feel.
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people are just like, well, what will be, will, will be. If we get money for him, great. It's a bit of money in the kitty. If we don't, then, you know, we've all seen it coming over the last sort of few months that this is what we've expected. Maybe £20 million this month might be an extra bonus. But, Cole, you know, where is the replacement going to come from? I don't think Tottenham fans should, you know, hang their hat on one coming this month. You've already said that you don't, can't see anyone coming. So, you know, is LaCelso that direct replacement? Do we need somebody else? What's your take?
0: Well, I think the thing is, obviously, yeah, it would be lovely to go and get somebody else, wouldn't it? You know, some, you know, and, and his, I know his name has been mentioned. And unfortunately, the money that would be, you know, demanded for him, we'll, we'll see Levy take a massive gulp and run out the door. But, you know, a young, hungry player like James Madison at the moment. And dare I say, we missed them both, both massively on Jack Grealish. Um, you know, fair to say that last season, you know, when Jack Grealish was being mentioned, probably a lot of us were thinking, oh, is that really the sort of signing that's going to take us to the next level? But at the same time, Villa are only asking for £20 million for him. And, and again, this is part of the problem, isn't it? You know, you've got a chairman who's sitting there going, oh, no, I don't want to pay £20 million. But 20 million in today's market is nothing, isn't it, Phil, if you believe this player is going to have something about him. And when you look at the way Jack Grealish is playing this season, imagine if you put him in our side now and the energy and the way, you know, and the craft and the kind of, you know, creative spark that he's bringing. It could be making all the difference. Um, But I think we've missed out because now if you you go for Grealish now, Villa are going to be doubling that 20 million and you're looking at 40, 45 odd mil, especially being English as well. Um, We've brought the Celso in. None of us have really had a chance to properly see him play yet, have we, in in what you consider his favourite position in the centre. So I think right now the time has come where we will have to say, you know, thank you, Christian. You've been great. Um, I do laugh when people call him a set-piece specialist because if that set-piece specialist is failure, he's definitely a set-piece specialist then. Um, If you're talking about delivering and putting quality in, um, I'd question that ability the guy's got because he doesn't often deliver, you know, once in a blue moon, but every every squirrel finds a nut every now and then, don't they? Um, But, yeah, we won't bring no-one in in that position, I don't think. You know, I think for us this season... The back is where we really need to focus our transfer dealings if we're going to do anything and making sure we can get some full-backs possibly and maybe another centre-half. Um, but I don't see us bringing a replacement. So we may as well give lacelso a run because at the same time, he does need a run of games. You know, There's no good having 20-minute, half-hour spurts here and there. We need to put him in and just you know settle with him for three or four games and let him find his feet. Um, but we will need a replacement long-term, that's for sure. I just think the money that we're going to you know, be asked for for the sort of players we could bring in, I don't think our chairman will be too happy to part with it.
1: James, I guess with the issue of trying to give Lo Celso a run of games, minutes and all that, is that when you've got Ericsson who's not really a guaranteed first-team player himself and he is probably the direct replacement, it's how do you crowbar Lo Celso into the team as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you know, with Harry Kane being that injured, it means you can you can move. It, it basically means there's an extra extra space in the midfield because you know we, we, it's going to be Sonny who moves into the middle into that centre forward role. Um, but I, I I don't see why not. You know, I don't see why you can't have Ericsson and LaSalle in the same team. Um, you know, Ali probably needs a rest moment, so you know he he needs needs some minutes on the bench for me. Um, and you know, Lacelso Lo looked really, really bright when he came on. The Same as Lamella when he came on against Middlesbrough. Um, and you know, we 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 changed up our brand of football a little bit. You know, we started trying to trying to knock the ball about the edge of the box, be a little bit more patient, uh, and try and probe for for an opening. Um, and I think lacelso is we've got a really good player on our hands there. Especially if you can um, rediscover some goal scoring form like he did in Spain um there's no reason why he, he can't go on to be a really really important player for us and you know we we slate ericsson but i think he was one of our better players against middlesbrough i think he he was he was the one trying to make things happen same as against chelsea um you know when it, when he was introduced against chelsea he was one of the few trying to make things happen um you know he's 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 playing he's not obviously not playing well at the moment it's just a his, his form is just abysmal. But I, I, I disagree with the, with the fact that he's not trying. I think he is trying to make things happen, but it's just not clicking for him. Um, it, whether he wants to leave or not, regardless, I don't think a footballer can be at a club and actively not try on the pitch. And Mourinho wouldn't be playing him if he thought he wasn't trying. Um, but I, I think, you know, those create, creative, clever midfielders that we've got, it's going to click for him at some point. Uh, uh, but as long as we don't, you know persevere with this stupid Route 1 football, um, which I'm sure we can't now Harry's out, um, make use of, of our really clever, creative midfielders and, and, and try and get them in the same team together.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of Ericsson, what you said yesterday was one of his better performances, but I think we're working with quite a low base in terms of his sample of performances this season. So um, it's very hard to sort of say whether he's actively down tools. You know, does a footballer really do that? You never really know, do you? But, I guess also with the weight of expectation that he wants to be somewhere else, that is also on his mind. Because unless he's playing a 10 out of 10 game when he does play, fans are going to be on him. Because they're just going to quite easily say, well, he's hot somewhere else. And it probably is, but unless you're really sort of turning it on, then you're going to be hit with that stick over and over again. So he's almost put himself in an impossible position. Not to say I've got lots of sympathy for him, because he's created this himself. But you can sort of see the machinations of where he's at in his mind at the moment. Right then, so we've got a couple more general questions. That's from the listeners. So, Carl, I'll throw one to you. It's from At It's Spurs Logic. He asks, how does the team recover its confidence at the moment and, more importantly, its ability to defend?
0: Cool, that is a tough one, isn't it? I mean, the ability to defend, that, that I think is going to come if you bring in some new, fresher faces that, you know, are a bit more reliable because, unfortunately, I think we've got, you know, at least one real aging centre half in Yan at the moment who, you know, he's been great for us, but it does look like his legs are finally gone. Um I think the problem is either side of those centre halves as well, full backs, you know we do look like we need a left-back and a right-back at the moment. Um, I think I said it a little while ago, unfortunately, and I don't think anyone at the start of the season would have said this, but Ben Davis' injury came at really the wrong time for us because he had that great first game at West Ham where he was looking solid, um, and that injury was a massive blow because I think... You know, under Jose, he he really would have liked Ben Davis to be there and he would have play, been playing every week. We're trying Sessignon, Vertonghen, um, and we can't find a solid left-back. So, you've got a left-back situation that needs sorting. The right-back one is obviously something we know is always a problem because Aurier, you know, just don't think he's ever going to cut it at this top level or be the sort of player we need him to be. You know, he can do it in fits and starts, but then there's always that clumsiness about him. Um, so, I think, you know, defensively, it's new faces coming in that can kind of just, you know, prove a bit more quality and make us a bit more solid. Uh, maybe, you know, larisse coming back might also add something, you know, if he gets between the sticks. Um, you know, Gazaniga's done an okay job, you know, he's, he's cost us a few times, so maybe larisse coming back might add that little bit more confidence. Um, and then, obviously, it's just going to be winning games that suddenly brings it back um, and a good performance, but we can't really see where one of them's coming at the moment. And if you look at the next few games coming up, they don't give you much confidence that we'll see anything out of those, if I'm honest. Because I think if I've looked at the next kind of seven or so fixtures, you know, in my mind, I've only put us down as picking up possibly three points when you look at the teams we're playing. Um, and that is a real worry. So, yeah, you know, a lot of work for Jose to do. Um, and, and trying to bring these players' confidence back up um, and certainly in the next game won't do much for, to help that.
1: And James, one from at oztan 17 he asks, what best system suits the type of players that we have currently in our squad?
2: Well, I mean, first of all, I think that's that's something that, that Jose hasn't even worked out yet um, and, and he has a lot more time with the players than we do. Um, but at the moment, I think, I think we've got to make use of like I said, make use of our creative midfielders. Um you know, I, I think maybe uh oh, that's a question that is <laughs> um I reckon maybe maybe a back three, because, um, you know, the left back problem can be solved um by doubling up, you know, Yam as a third, centre half on the left, um, as, as our left wing back, which is which is much better position for him um than, than just left back. Uh, and then that kind of lessens the need for a, for a defensive midfielder. Uh, as such, you can put someone like Harry Winks in there, uh, and Donnelay when he's when he's fitter, and they can kind of act as a as a as a shield um, rather than needing someone like Eric Dier or, or a Victor Waniama kind of type uh, as in protecting a back, uh, you know two centre halves. Um, then that kind of gives us a little bit more um, freedom up in the middle. Um, you know, it's, like I said before. Three creative attackers on the pitch, and 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 let them roam. You know, don't 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 tell them one of them's on the left, one of them's on the right, one of them's up the middle. Just give them the freedom to to play off each other, uh, and and make use of the space on the pitch. Uh, and you know, that, that's that's what I'd try. Whether that'd work or not, you know, I'm I'm no expert. Um, but the, I think the main problem is that uh, that Jose doesn't even know the, the best system yet, and so. Um, you know, hopefully he'll he'll get a formation, he'll get a, his best starting eleven nailed down um soon enough so he can start working on it. I know he said that he he wanted January for um for that reason, um to to get more time on the training ground and figure out what his best team is. And, you know, with all the injuries we've had, we uh we still haven't we haven't been able to see our best eleven on the pitch really. Um so, you know, hopefully you can work it out sooner than we can.
1: Holly, I've got one from at Spursie Sebastian. He asked that we're obviously struggling to break down teams at the moment. What can Mourinho do to improve this?
3: I mean, like we've just touched on then, he hasn't really found any way to do that either. I think, like, like we've said already, that we just need some creativity, really, and some energy. And for me personally, I think it's because we need to bring new faces in. I think at the moment, I think it's a bit stale. I mean, we've always got Delhi playing, and I, I like Delhi, but at the moment he's like, he always flicks the ball about here, left, right and centre and never finds a pass properly. And that's, that's a lot of the true stories for every player at the moment. But yeah, for me, I think the only way we can sort of do that and break things down is, like I say, find creative players on the pitch. And like we've already touched on, Lo Celso, for me, definitely made a big difference in that middle throw game. He came on, he started finding balls in behind that we couldn't in the first half so yeah I think great teams down need to find a bit of motivation a bit of energy some new faces and yeah just basically get the creative players on that pitch
1: OK it's a very busy show so we need to move on and Cole, there's been a development in the Antonio Rudiger racism accusation and by and large the fact is there is no development really because the club have released a statement saying that they can't prove it happens so ultimately where did the club go from here?
0: Well, I think, yeah, today, isn't it? They've said that, you know, the police investigation uh, is, has found no evidence that there was any racism. Um, and I think, you know, one of the clear things we have to do here is just say that, you know, there should really be no, you know, angst towards Rudiger himself, because for all we know, He may have heard some booing that he thought was obviously the sort of chanting that we don't want to hear at at games. Um, And he's obviously, you know, highlighted that and made it clear to the referee. And the referee has then gone and done what he needs to do to follow any protocol for that. Um, But obviously, it may just be that he he didn't hear what he thought he heard. Um, So all we can do is just say, well, if there's been no evidence found, then obviously you'd have to sit there and assume that, well, this needs to be left where it is and maybe almost, you know, The club's name needs to be cleared a little bit in the press that, well, actually, there's been no evidence. And when you hear that, you know, we've got this system in play where they can scan every single seat, you know, to see any supporter who's doing what, then you'd kind of think they've looked at all options and and there is nothing there. So, it's you know it's just hard. Where do you go from there? Well, it just has to be put down as a bad experience, I think, didn't it? And we move on. But I guess we just need to make sure that we don't make someone like Rudiger a scapegoat now and everyone turns on him and, you know, any sort of accusations of lying and that because for all we know, he just, he, you know, he may have felt he heard it um, but it might have been, you know, being obviously during the game and heat at the moment, he's thought booing was what, you know, people were making monkey chants. Um, so, yeah, it's a bad situation isn't it you know it would have been better if this never came around but we'd like to think the police and the club have done everything they can to try and find the culprits but it looks like the evidence is there that there, there is no one
1: James now the press have been let's say quick to put the boot in Ollie Holt being the main advocate of Tarring Tottenham you get the feeling he's not going to be so quick to retract his recent words but more importantly how do Spurs try and repair what has been an undoubted sort of tainting of their image as of late
2: I, I don't think there's anything Tottenham can do, um, you know, other than maintaining the, you know, their stance on anti-racism, which you know the club are fantastic with, uh, you know, other than continuing the good work that they were doing. There's there's not a lot that can do. Um, Carl rightly says that, you know, that there should be no slander in of Rudiger. You know, it's it's just a simple mistake. He's he thought he heard something that he clearly didn't hear um you know not his fault nobody's fault let's everybody move on um in terms of the journalist in terms of Ollie Holt in, himself if there's not some kind of apology um or some kind of you know just some kind of reparation or you know then Tottenham needs to take a bit of action Tottenham needs to to you know either ban certain journalists or just make make some kind of stance um that isn't you know you can you can slander our club uh, you know as as much as you want um, and then when it, when it comes to be that there is no evidence, you know, you can just get away with it. That's, you know, that's, that's not how it works. Um, you know, for, for me, I think the best way to move on from it is is to stop talking about it. Um, but, you know, hopefully that the, the journalists who are so quick to, as you say, put the boot in, um, will be just as quick to, to apologise for their unfounded accusations.
1: Holly, I'll give you the last word on this subject. So, you know, rival fans, let's say Arsenal, Chelsea, for example, they'll look at this and say, well, Tottenham obviously weren't doing enough to, uh, to solve this this saga, this case, if you will. You know, what can we do? Is that an unfair stick to beat us with? We're almost in a bit of an impossible situation now, aren't we? Because if we do prove it, we're a racist club. If we don't prove it, then we're also, you know, with our heads in the sand. So what can and what should we be doing?
3: To us, like I said, there's there's not a lot we can do for now. I mean, the technology at the stadium, you would think that rival fans would be like, actually, look, they've done all they can do. It hasn't been found. We might as well move on. We all know that that won't happen. But the fact that we do have that technology and we are trying to prove the fact that whatever Rudik has heard was misheard, I think that's the only way we can really move on to show ourselves, look, we've done all we can do. That's it now. Just need to get on and start winning some games, put all of this behind
1: us. And Holly, I'll stay with you actually, because it seems as if really the Chelsea defeat has knocked the wind out of our sails. Because going into that game, you know, you're three points one Chelsea, you're thinking, if, when we beat them, we'll be top four and we're flying. That's not been the case at all really, has it? You know, a brief respite against Brighton, which even then we sort of laboured to win. But you get a feeling that late December defeat was really something of a missed opportunity and it sort of really set us backwards over this last week or so.
3: Yeah, I think it's something that we always kind of do. We're like always there for the take and we can always take teams on. And then when it really matters, when we can really take advantage of all the games around us, we kind of slip up. I mean, I'd hate to put the old-fashioned word Spursy on it, but it seems to happen quite a bit. And I don't want to be too negative because hopefully that will be able to turn around. But recently, yeah, I think it has hit hard on us. And I think, like we said, we just need to try and turn this form around and Want to
1: get a win next club. Carl, we talk of missed opportunities and you'd have to sort of consider that Chelsea dropped points themselves um, over Christmas. So it's almost more frustrating that we failed to capitalise.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, like as we've touched on before, you know, th- this is a common Tottenham thing, isn't it? You know, th- if you look at what happens is you know, we had that good start under Jose and then we go to Old Trafford in a game where he was looking at that United team thinking, right, this is where we can really make a statement, you know, and the first real statement under Jose, put a performance in, you know, get a win against a team that really we should have beaten as well because they, they weren't a very good side. And again, you know, we do this typical Spurs thing and we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot and we blow that opportunity. You know, we then... You know, a few days later, you get Chelsea, you've been dropping points and you're at home and you think, right, you know, beat, win this game and we get top four, we can really set a marker, you know, knock their confidence again a little bit more. And we kind of put the display in that we did that night, which was one of the worst performances I've seen us put in for a long while. And then, obviously, you know, you top that off with things like Son doing what he did to get himself suspended, and unfortunately, it doesn't help when this tag comes around at Spurs of Bottlers because, unfortunately, when a game like that does come up where you get, you know, a chance to set a marker, you know. Know, put a put a flag in the ground and say, right, this is us. We're going forward. We we never seem to take advantage. And what made it worse after that Chelsea game was, I think, you know, I can't remember now, but they didn't go and lose at home in the next game. I think, and you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, if we just won that game, they've gone and dropped more points, and we really then could have put, you know, a now in you know one now in their coffin and just boosted morale. Um, But it is just typical Tottenham, you know, fail to take advantage, fail to turn up when we need to. And that's one of the kind of things that, you know, Jose will have to work as hard on as anyone because there does seem to be that mental block for us as a team when it comes to those kind of big games. You know, it's okay beating the likes of, you know, Huddersfield and Burnley's 5-0, but we need to start putting in those performances when it really matters.
1: James, on the top four swing on Matut, how's it looking for you now? Because not only is there a points deficit and also other teams in that top four race, we seem to be sort of in extra competition now, but we're also without our tallies, man, for some huge upcoming fixtures. So is it swinging into the top four or out the top
0: four?
2: I, I still think we'll have uh, enough to do it, um, only because the, the chasing pack are kind of just as sketchy as us, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a tight one and and we are going to rely on on players... Like Son um, picking up their form and, and filling in in the next few games, uh, we really need to go on one of those runs that you know that we always seem to go on. That it seems like we haven't been beaten in ages, but even now, just back to back wins would be would be perfect for us. Um, but you know, I, I I still think we'll sneak in. It'll be a bit by the skin of our teeth. Um, but you know, we, we're Tottenham. We never do things easy, do we?
1: Holly, let's try and put a positive spin on proceedings and, you know, without being accused of happy clapping and all that, is this season salvageable for you? For you, has it basically boiled down to FA Cup or bust? And if that is the case, is that enough?
3: I mean, we all want a trophy. So right now, I think I'd go for FA Cup or bust, basically. I think, like we said, it's going to be a tight to get into that top four. But like we said, in that UCL run last year that was also tight but we still managed to get to the final I know the final wasn't too good but we'll forget about that but yeah I think a trophy is a must this season and I think if we go and bring the back to the lane I think if we put a shift in to we'll be able to do it I know the game after it's just been announced is Saints away so that could be another tough one but yeah I need a trophy I think lots of fans need a trophy I think the last trophy I saw was 2008 and I didn't even see one before that. So, for me, I'm going to have to go FA
1: Cup and buy. Yeah, I don't blame you for that, to be honest. I think, you know, we all want to be in the Champions League. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an either or. I think, you know, it's leading perhaps a little bit more towards the FA Cup. But the season's not over yet. But I think, you know, if you ask any fan, they do are desperate, shall we say, for a trophy, really. I don't think it's a, a case of, oh, you know, it's only the FA Cup. It's like, please, we want the FA Cup. So, Um, Fingers crossed on that one. Obviously, like you say, if we get the better of Middlesbrough, it's Southampton. And that's not going to be easy because we lost to Southampton a week or so ago. So, you know, nothing is a given. Also not a given, Carl, is Danny Rose. Now, he's been adamant that he's staying to the end of his contract and then leaving. However, if you believe the, uh, the rumour circus, they're saying that Watford are back in the fold. And especially with their resurgence as of late, could you see him making that relatively short move across North London?
0: I think at some point something's going to give, isn't it, in the Rose situation, you know, whether that is, you know, I know you're saying was going to be defiant and see out his contract and everything like that. But I think at some point there will just be that, you know, both sides will admit, you know, listen, come on, this will probably be the best for both parties. You know, you'll get to go and play some regular football. Um, We get you off our books, if you like, because obviously the fee's not going to be huge. Um, So, yeah, I, I think, you know, if I was Danny Rose right now, um, I'd, I'd maybe get, take the move and just get somewhere new and, you know, you know, out the way of the club because it does seem to be that, you know, the tide has turned against him. The one thing I'm looking forward to more is his first kind of um, newspaper um, chat when he does make that move because I think there's a guy who, you know, he's not afraid to say what he thinks um, and spill the beans. And I think when you see him actually leave the club, I, I can't wait to see what he comes out in the press and says because I think he's going to spill a lot of beans about how the club's being run and where the errors are and where the fault lies. Um so I think that is going to be the real first interesting bit. You know I bet all the journalists, uh, you know, pay top money to be the first one to interview Danny Rose if he does make a move. But, you know, I would say Watford could be a good move for him because then if, even if they were to get relegated the following, you know, this year then you know championship. I think you know Danny. Unfortunately, at this point in his career, he could probably do really well in the championship and just keep his career going on for a couple more seasons, earning good money.
1: And James, one more sort of player who's, I guess, of that, shall we say, golden age of a, three or four seasons ago, Victor Anyama, another forgotten man. Can you see him being edged out the uh, the exit door in January?
2: Uh, I think. Well, I, I think. So, maybe, but I also think we might keep hold of him just in case you know emergency kind of cover um you know I, I i I think it was holly said earlier i think we'll be we'll be reluctant to to make this squad even thinner um before before we bulk it out with with a few signings, so you know we we leave ourselves in a, in a bit of a dangerous position, yeah you know, our midfield is already. Pretty thin as it is. Um, you, you dare say Wanyama might even have a role to play if if injuries and suspensions keep on building up the way they are. Um, so you know, I think Tottenham will be, be you know yeah, very very reluctant to, to leave ourselves with even fewer first team midfielders before we before we bring people in. Um, I, I you know Carl said earlier I I wouldn't be surprised if we went this entire transfer window without uh, without any in's or outs and and you know we just carried on as if it wasn't happening, um, which should be absolutely fine with me. But, you know, I, I also think we, we, need to, uh, we need to bolt this squad, squad out a little bit. But we know how difficult that is in, uh, in, a, in the January transfer window. I think we'll have to wait till summer, personally.
1: And Holly, in a shock move, Daniel Levy has appointed you Director of Football. So you get the purse strings in January and you're allowed to sign one player. Who would you like to see join the club this month?
3: Oh, what a question. I mean, we definitely need a right back. Just give me any right back. I don't even care. I mean, it's got to the point where I think I'd rather have Trippier over Sergio. Rea. That's how that it's got. Um, if I had the purse strings, or oh, don't know. There's so many, so many options I could go for. Actually, I mean,
1: sorry. Let's sorry. Say, let's stay on the subject of a right back then. So. You talk about needing a right back. Do you think the ship has sailed? Here's probably a bit of an easy question to answer because, you know, you could pick anyone in terms of who you want to bring in. But do you think the ship has sailed for Kyle Walker-Peters? Is his Tottenham time pretty much over or is there still time to turn it around?
3: For me, like, it's just... He's good, yes. Is he better than Serge? No. But then at his current time, anyone can be better than Serge. I'd rather bring in a player that's better than both of them, personally but yes. that's the way I
1: see it. <laughs> OK, so if we stay on the right-back theme, we're getting linked with that Max Arons from Norwich. Is that better than what we've got, or are we just sort of filling a void? You know, if you want to sort of go bigger, is that big enough?
3: No, but we all know Tottenham won't go any is, bigger. Yes, that's true. That's, that's, <laughs>
1: the, that's the right answer, really, isn't it? <laughs>
3: yeah, so, yeah, I mean, at the moment in so time, I just want to freshen up. I've had enough of... I'm, I don't want to be too negative, but is he costs too much for me. That's the only problem. So, for all means, bring in this. Is it Max Aaron, sorry, you said? Yep. Bring him in. Bring him in. Because I don't think we'll get any higher than him. But, yeah.
1: Right, OK. So, that's pretty much the, uh, the review of the festive period pretty much done and all the, the talking points in and around it. There's a small matter of Liverpool on Saturday, Cole. Now, unbeaten in the Premier League, they're absolute monsters. Can you see Tottenham doing the unthinkable and ruining their invincible season?
0: We'll murder them, Dan. <laughs> we'll the murder them. I reckon, I reckon they're shitting it at the moment with the thought of us coming up, aren't they? <laughs> no, this one could get ugly this weekend. I have to admit, um, I don't fancy us at all. Um, and you kind of worry that, you know, if they're on fire, they could really kind of open us up at will, couldn't they? Um, and this, this could kind of, the fear here could be you get a kind of score line coming our way. Um you know, if we turn up, obviously we can give them a game. But again, you know, the fear is, do Spurs turn up in a big game when they need to? Um, the way Liverpool are playing and the run they're on, I don't see us, you know, bringing their run to an end and being the first team to beat them this season. I, I, I'm kind of I'm fearing that we'll be on the wrong end of a bit of a hammering, unfortunately.
1: And James, I guess another thing to worry about is the fact that Liverpool's kids played at the weekend, so all their big names are going to be fresh and ready to go, aren't they?
2: yeah as, as if they weren't already better than uh, us uh, you know on in almost every position on the park um they're also the have also had a, had more of a rest than than we have and you know that just the thought of of players like mané running at Jan Vertonghen is 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 a little bit um and you know i i don't think any of us can um can see anything other than uh, a a pretty convincing liverpool win i haven't been this scared going to a spurs game for a while i think the last time I felt like this was maybe in the AVB days when we were when we went to uh, the Etihad with the likes of Negredo. You know, we ended up on the end of a six 0 defeat, I think it was. And you know, I think it could be something similar to that this this weekend. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we're all being a little bit pessimistic, but uh, maybe Jose has got something up his sleeve to to park the bus and and keep the scoreline down. But um, but for me, I think Liverpool. You know, as you say, they're an absolute beast of a team playing with, with confidence, which are two things that we're not at the moment.
1: And Holly, from a starting lineup point of view, do you make any or many changes from what we saw on Sunday?
3: Uh, I'd start the Celso, definitely. I think the man needs a run-up. The performance in the second half, I think, kind of sold him to me. I think, I know it was Middlesbrough, but yeah, I'd like to see La Celso. I think Sonny will play up top, obviously. I don't think there would be a lot of changes because that was a very strong side we put out um, I'm just really not looking forward to it. I hope they do me wrong and I hope they prove me wrong. But yeah, I think I'm going to have nightmares for
1: weeks. Right, it's prediction time. The important point of the show where we look at the league table first. So I've moved joint top with Carl. We're both on seven points because I've got the Brighton win correct at 2-1. So that's me and Carl on seven. The guests collectively are on five, as is James. So Holly, as you'll be representing the guests this week, you get to go first. What do you think the score would be on Saturday between Tottenham and Liverpool?
3: Uh, I think it might possibly be four-one Liverpool.
1: <laughs> My word! <Okay>.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I like to be too negative because then I won't feel so bad. If okay, it's like to, be you, I like.
1: I see where this is going. Okay, Cole, any bids on that? Can you do better or worse? What are you thinking?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've had a week like this. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, I'd be brave who puts the Spurs win here. Um, no, I think I'll go for. Oh, do you know what? I, I'm going to stick us down as a five nil defeat. Unfortunately,
1: bloody hell! What is what's in the water tonight? And James, <laughs> what about you, mate?
0: I agree with Carl. I don't think we'll get anywhere near the
2: goal. Um, I'm going to go uh, three nil Liverpool.
1: Okay, I'll go for a two one loss. Uh, just to sort of try and end it on a relatively good note. But yes, the, uh, the outcome doesn't look good for Saturday, put it that way. But I think we're going for a reverse psychology sort of mindset, aren't we? You know, set your, set your bar really low, and even if we get a draw, that'll be a celebration. So who knows what will happen, but keep your fingers crossed. Don't expect too much, I think, is the, uh, the outcome from this one. So that's about it for this show. It's been a, uh, a fantastic 45 minutes or so, 50 minutes all that. So before we head off, I need to do the admin, which first is thanking my guest, Holly. A fantastic debut. Sterling work. Would you like to join us at some point during the rest of the season?
3: Yes, definitely. I'll definitely be up for it.
1: Fantastic. Well, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you back on the show between now and May. Cole, we'll be back next week, won't we?
0: Yeah, definitely, Dan. Looking forward to it.
1: Fantastic. And James, I hope the same goes to you. I hope the, the uh, busy bar period has now come to an end.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, word for anyone out there, don't order hot drinks at a bar, please. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially at the end of a busy round where they've done all the other drinks and they go, and a coffee. That's a real bug yeah. But anyway, enough about that. So if you have any questions or comments for next week, send them either to me, at Stan Tracy 983 or at COS underscore COM. It's all about engagement, questions, comments, send them this way. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, give us a nice review so we can move further up the league table. And with that said... It just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, and as always, come on you Spurs.
0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.